silence. It is hard to talk about silence in a relationship without adding the word awkward. It almost seems to go together. Awkward silence. And yet there it is in therapy. All the time. Why is that? Why would a therapist who is trained to relate to people and put them at ease make their clients suffer something that seems almost universally avoided like the plague? Today in Open Counseling, it's Insider's Guide to Therapy podcast. Me and Stephanie Harrison will try answer that question. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Mark. Um, when I was thinking about this topic, I was thinking that like with so many things in therapy, silence is something that we need, but that we don't realize that we need. And it's something that takes some getting used to that feels uncomfortable at first, but over time becomes very nourishing and healing to experience. Yeah. And um, it's a fascinating topic. This is, again, one of these ones that uh, friends over at Reddit keep on answer asking and we're doing our best to, to answer that there are so many threads about why is my therapist silent? And universally, it's because people don't like it. It feels uncomfortable. It feels awkward. It feels miserable. And yet, as you allude to, Stephanie, there, there's something really important about it. And um, I'm just going to assume that therapists are doing it for a reason. I, I should probably know I'm a therapist. I do it for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> but but it can almost be, be such a, a done thing that, that we don't stop to really think, what is it about? Right. And I think that it's a big you know key of one of the ways that therapy is really different from everyday conversation. And it's one of those things that's hard to get used to in the beginning because I mean, almost even evolutionarily, we are conditioned to want to avoid silence. Um, if, you know, in, in very close relationships, we learn how to tolerate and even enjoy it. But in everyday interactions, you're expected to keep the conversation going. So like you said, if there's a silence, it feels awkward. And, you know, silence has a purpose in therapy and therapists use it in a lot of different ways. But it it really is hard to wrap your head around at first because you've got this powerful instinct that the conversation is supposed to keep going so if you stop you kind of expect your therapist to chime in you know and some therapists do chime in more often than others but most of them at some point will sit in silence with you and you know part of the reason they do that is because it allows you to go deeper into yourself and and that's such an important thing I mean you, you mentioned many points but it's quite different the way quite different the way a therapist relates to you than a friend. Um, you know, you you talk about a therapist wanting you to allow you to go deeper into yourself, which in a normal friendship relationship we care about the other person exploring themselves. But there's also a sense of a kind of mutuality. There's a back and forth. There's usually a sort of ping pong aspect to to how we talk when we are in friendship relationships. Yeah, I think that one of the things that we take for granted is is how much of communication and interaction has to do with rhythm. You know, you experience it when you interact with animals or pets, that it's not the content of your speech, but when you speak, when you make a noise. And, you know, that's how birds communicate with each other, is how often they 
make a certain song. So there, there is a real rhythm to conversation, a real back and forth. And we learn, it's, it's not something we ever consciously study. It's just something we instinctively know to do. And that rhythm makes us very comfortable, um, just like rhythms in music affect us in different ways. So not having that rhythm immediately throws us off a little bit. Yeah. I mean, so here we just had, you finished your thought and here I jump in. And mm-hmm. that's more or less how, how your relationships normally work. And then I know that at some level, you're taking a moment to collect your thoughts and what will happen next. We, we don't know, but we, we do this kind of turn taking normally in conversations. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, when you're podcasting or doing radio, you don't want radio silence. You don't want too much silence either, because even if you're your listeners not having a conversation with you, but they're listening to you in the same way they would someone who was in the same room with them. So that silence feels awkward to the listener, too. I mean, just a funny side story. Um, When phones started getting really good quality, they were able to be so quiet when the person wasn't talking that it'd be uncomfortable that people would, you know, are you still there? What's going on? So they started adding comfort noise, a little like hush, like sound, just so people wouldn't have to be in complete silence, which makes people uncomfortable. Yeah, that makes me think of those sensory deprivation chambers, which I've never done, but would find interesting to do where you start hearing all these things that you never ordinarily hear, like you're in heartbeat and, and things like that. And a certain amount of silence is very unnerving and unusual because even if you're in a quiet environment, there's usually something going on in the background. When I had my turn in the sensory deprivation, what I got very familiar with with my tears from the salt that was in my eyes. So that... (laughs) (laughs) It was distracting from the sonic aspect, I guess. (laughs) Exactly. It was not exactly (laughs) what I had hoped. (laughs) So... So here it is, kind of going back to the question we start. So now this is just such a normal thing that we do. We have this little ping pong back and forth. I talk, I say something, you kind of take that in, you express something of your own thoughts, and then I take that in, express something of my thoughts. And this is just kind of the normal back and forth in a conversation. Um, So why would a therapist sort of break this almost unwritten rule about how conversations work well again it goes back to the purpose of therapy and you know the purpose of therapy is different from the purpose of everyday conversation you know in an everyday conversation you're trying to entertain each other you're trying to get a feel for what what's this person's mood you're trying to see if you can crack someone else up it's all about that dynamic that back and forth and therapy is much more one-sided I mean I've written it in so many articles, and I, I'm questioning now to the extent I think that's a fully fair assessment. But it is just a d- very different dynamic where the therapist is trying to keep the focus on you as much as possible. And so where in an everyday conversation, part of the purpose of the conversation is to figure out what the other person is thinking. In therapy, you're trying to figure out what you're thinking. And so your therapist is trying to help you hear yourself. In in a way, silence allows you to reflect. Um, And one of the reasons it makes us uncomfortable, especially in a society where we're conditioned to constantly be focused on something else. 
we're kind of in a society that makes it hard to hear ourselves think a lot of the times. And, and therapy is a place where you're supposed to be able to hear yourself think. And so sometimes, you know, a lot of times therapists use of silence is as natural and instinctive as our use of the back and forth of conversation. They don't have a conscious reason that they're using silence, but sometimes therapists do consciously use silence. Sometimes they want you to hear what you just said. Sometimes you just said something really important and they really want to give that time to sink in. Maybe you just had an insight and you don't even realize, you know, sometimes you say something and then a second later you're like, wow, I never thought that before. I never felt this way before. And so you sit with that feeling or that thought and you let it sink in a little bit. And that's great. I mean, that, that's such a, a good term um, that you you sink in with a feeling. You You can feel it more richly and more deeply without a person kind of jumping in with their next thought or as often happens amongst friends, like people like will relate to what you're talking about. But, but this really allows the, the client to be in the spotlight and the client to really tune into the, the authenticity and the reality and the, the depth of their own feelings, which can be really hard to do without someone there to, to provide that space, to provide a stage with no one else on but them. Right. And I think that that's one of the things that, as it feels uncomfortable in the beginning of therapy, starts to feel really good. And that even though the fact that we're often thinking about what we're going to say when we're listening to someone else, that doesn't mean we're not listening to the other person. But at the same time, usually in a conversation, everyone's excited to get their turn to say what they want to say. And it can sometimes make you feel like you've not been heard or like other people don't care about what you have to say. They care about what they have to say. And so to experience with a therapist that, oh, my gosh, this person actually cares about what I have to say. That's very healing. And for your words to just stand on their own instead of being, you know, because there's even like I feel like a competitive element in everyday conversation. Someone told a funny joke, so you want to try to be a little funnier. Um, someone shared this really scary experience, so and you know you might want to say, "Oh, but I had this scary experience too." And when you get to interact with somebody in a way where they're not, it's not this constant comparison, because you know there's there's times in conversation where people share about their experiences not because they're competing with you, but just because that's how we relate to each other. And we're trying to communicate. Oh. I feel like I understand what you're talking about because I had this experience that feels similar. But to be with a therapist where there is no comparison and you're, it just gives you a different way into understanding yourself because all of a sudden you're understanding yourself on your own terms, not just in comparison or in competition with another person. Yeah, and, and that's beautifully put. Uh, there is a, a parallel, I find, and that is how a parent is with a child. You know, normally, if you're with a child, you're like, how's your day, Timmy? You know, and you kind of let Timmy talk, and you just kind of provide a space where Timmy can talk and reflect upon his day. You know, you're, you know, if Timmy said he had something sad happen, you don't switch your, the conversation to something else. You just provide room for them to, to express themselves and fully think about what they're feeling and express it more deeply and... So there is a, a parallel, but it normally doesn't happen too much with adults. Um, I mean, the reality is in therapy, you get, say, 45 minutes with the therapist who, who's just focused in on you. And, and it's rare people will get 45 minutes of someone just listening to them. In fact, you may go your whole life without it if you don't go to therapy. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think one of the more amazing things that happens in therapy is, and this is one, I think one of the big misconceptions people have that haven't done therapy is that a therapist is someone who gives you advice. That you go in and you say, here's my problem. And your therapist says, here's what you do to fix it. And that's what therapy is. And there can be a little of that in therapy, especially if you come in with like an overwhelming amount of, you know, chaos or problems in your life. But the, the deeper part of therapy is you connecting with your own wisdom. What a therapist really wants isn't to tell you what they think, because a lot of times, you know, therapists aren't. <laughs> that's another misconception. People think therapists are like experts on life. Like you can come to a therapist with any problem and your therapist is going to be able to tell you how to have a great, you know, romantic life, how to, you know, get fit, how to, you know, be, be happy and all these things. You know, therapists are a work in progress, <laughs> you know, uh, therapists are working on this stuff in their own lives. So they're not going to, they don't have this expertise in every aspect of life. But what they do know how to do is they've been trained to help you connect to your own wisdom and the pathway to your own wisdom is silence. And so, you know, often where, you know, when we kind of think through something ourselves or when we journal through something, it's this journey of following our thoughts to this thing that maybe we knew the whole time but couldn't connect to. And so therapists are kind of using silence here and there to help you continue because that as fun as everyday conversation is as playful as the banter can be it might be that you're kind of on a path to figuring something out and then someone else diverts the conversation or they stop you short Uh, the subject gets changed you've got to go in therapy the whole idea is that you can keep going down that track where are these thoughts leading you and often they'll lead you to surprising places where you can learn things about yourself which can only happen if, if they've got kind of room to breathe. You know, it can only happen if there, there's a silent place where you just got time to explore and go in deeper and, and to discover things inside of you that you didn't know were there. But, but it really does need that kind of blank space. So I should say at this stage that therapists aren't always silent. Normally, um, therapists are attuned to, to what people can handle. So there are times where the silence can be so um, overwhelmingly anxious for people that a therapist will kind of keep the conversation going in a way they kind of keep it lighter or they, they may provide, you know, a few little questions. So like, how was your week this week? Or, you know, um, so tell me more about that. Or how did that make you feel? And they're just like these little kind of questions that, that reduce the awkwardness so that people aren't too overwhelmed with the silence because, you know, it's it's like someone who, who struggles to paint when they see a blank canvas. It can be so anxiety-provoking, not have any sort of structure in order to, to what am I going to paint or what I'm going to do. Um, but therapists are aware that, that it is a difficult thing, the silence. Um, what I, I am so glad we're doing this podcast is that I think therapists have often been doing this so long that they forget to explain to the clients, um, you know, we're doing this for a reason, and I know it's awkward, stick with it. Um, you know, most people have just kind of never encountered this sort of relationship, and it, and it can be a really a, a cold shower awakening and, and very unpleasant, and hence they, they 
go to Reddit and ask, like, why is my therapist so silent? Um, it's so distressing. Maybe even like they 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 opened up their heart and they they shared something deeply painful, and the therapist just responded with silence to that. Why why did they respond with silence to that? It, it can also be hurtful at some level. Um, oh boy, my mind is spinning. But often silence is perceived um, it, as negative as a way, like, do you not care? What does, did what I say, is that not important to you? Maybe you're judging me and you're holding back your judgment. People can fill in a lot of really negative space in the really negative thoughts about what the silence means. And so it, it is something to be cautious about. It is something to be cautious about. And many therapists have made a mistake of following that rule rigidly and, and end up really hurting their clients as a result. That's a really good point. And, you know, different therapists are going to use silence more or less depending on their orientation, their personal style, their personality. Some therapists are more, you know, the lingo in therapy is directive. A more directive therapist is going to give you maybe not so much advice because, again, a good therapist isn't just going to just tell you what to do because they know that they're not the expert on your life. But some therapists will give you more guidance and kind of gently nudge you, whereas some therapists will use a lot more silence depending on their approach. And I think regardless of the therapist's approach, though, like you said, the therapists try to be aware of the fact that sometimes even if there's a good intention behind the silence, it doesn't always work. If you're, you know, sometimes, if especially if you're coming into therapy as a client and you're in crisis, when you're in crisis is not the time to be going deep into silence. It's when you need to feel that extra support. And, you know, a, a really good therapist will be able to sense that, you know, even if you haven't told them I'm in crisis, they can tell maybe you're coming in and you're presenting a little differently and they might pipe up a little more to help you find that place of comfort because, you know, a therapist d has more than one role and they do more than one thing in the relationship. And, you know, like you said, sometimes their role is to kind of help you just reconnect and feel okay and sometimes them speaking a little more than usual can help you get to that place of feeling supported and feeling okay and feeling a little bit of, of guidance and, and help um, is there when you need it. And, the, you know, here in a different way, we talked about the, the different ways a therapist can be with you. And um, it's really important that, that a therapist might have different gears and it's sometimes hard for them to figure out exactly what it is you need. And, and so... Maybe it brings us to this point where we can say, like, what happens if it is awkward when your therapist is quiet? Or you start to fantasize, oh, they must be judging me in the, the quiet. Or they're quiet because, you know, or whatever the reason may be. Um, here, we, we do it continually, but, but, you know, we say speak to your therapist about it. You know, you can say, like, I wonder why you are quiet in that moment, or I'm afraid you might be judging me, and that's why you're quiet. Um, and, and, you know, you can bring that to your therapist and, and hopefully sort of learn something from that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, what you said a moment ago is so true with all these topics that we, we tackle, where therapists would sometimes help clients if they just took a second to kind of explain a little bit more about therapy than they do, because therapy is 
just counterintuitive. I mean, once you've done it, it becomes intuitive. But until you're used to it, it's it just goes against so many social norms. It it can trigger so much anxiety. And, you know, I want to emphasize that worry in the silence that someone is judging you or thinking something negative of you. I think that's universal. I think even if you have done a lot of work on yourself and you feel very confident, you feel very good about yourself. I think that's another thing that's hardwired is that if we're not getting that feedback from someone else, we start to worry. Is something going wrong in this interaction? What do I need to do? You know, is this person upset? That's just so natural. And and in a way, you know, given that you're in a place that you can work with that, some therapists will actively use that to kind of facilitate your healing process to sit there worrying about what their silence means. And, you know, therapists will, when you tell your therapist, well, when you're silent, I worry that this is happening. Then that can lead to some interesting places in therapy because they're like, let's explore why you assume that when I'm silent, I'm sitting here judging you. And then you can kind of start going into what in your past or what inside of you kind of nudges you in the direction of assuming that a silent person is sitting in judgment of you or is not liking you. And then you can start to have insights. And can, and one of the ways therapy can help you heal is you become more conscious of these assumptions that you have. And you can start to edit or change them. Like you can learn how to be more comfortable in silence. And something I've learned is one of the gifts of therapy meditation and a lot of other things in my life is that the more comfortable you can become in silence it's very empowering when you can sit in silence with someone that's powerful because we have we we're so driven to fill in the silence and not be awkward that we will sometimes over speak over share say too much put our foot in our mouth you know we i think every human being has some awkward memory of some time they're like god why didn't i just shut up you know (laughs) 60 seconds before i said that So to learn to be more comfortable in silence, which is something you can practice in therapy, because that's one of the great things about therapy, too, is you can practice all these things that are just not easy or normal to be able to practice or experience with other people. So learning how to sit in silence with somebody and learning how to have it so it doesn't feel quite so awkward can really empower you out there in all the other social interactions in your life to be like, you know what, I'm just going to be a little quiet here and and not rush to overshare, overspeak, put myself in a vulnerable position unnecessarily. Yeah, and, you know, it's an incredible achievement, actually, to be able to be in a, an intimate silence with another. An intimate, we're close, but we're not talking. Not one is intruding upon the other. It's actually an incredible achievement that, that you know, it happens developmentally, like, you know, it, considerably late um you know for for most clients it's something that that people work for work towards for years um you know the the technical term came up was come came up by a psychologist called winnicott which is to to be alone together Mm. and and it's it takes a long time to to achieve that a, a comfortable intimate silence with another Absolutely. And yeah, that's the other side of it, that if you're in a group of people that you're not so familiar with, learning how to be more in silence keeps you in a place of more personal power because you're not rushing in to overspeak. But then it also, the other side of that is what you just said, when you're with somebody you are close to, um, silence can become a form of connection and it can become even a form of vulnerability Mm. that you, you aren't 
kind of going to your go-to things that you use to fill in the silence and you learn how to be in that very intimate space with another person can be very powerful and healing in its own right. Yeah, and so there, so, you know, what, what we're seeing is there are so many flavors of the silence all the way from like an awkward silence where just kind of something fell apart in the, the conversation. We didn't, like something awkward happened and we don't know how to put it together. There can be aggressive silences, like I'm angry and I don't want to express it, so I'm just sitting here fuming. Um, there can, you know, often silence in different ways speaks to a breakdown. Those are the more awkward or aggressive or we don't know how to be with each other so we can't make conversation. But then on the other end of the spectrum are those quiet, intimate silences that, that sometimes long-term married couples can enjoy, where we just enjoy being alone together. We enjoy being with ourselves, but with the other next to us. And so there's a whole sea and variety of, of silence that's possible in a relationship. And, and therapy is a place where we can spend some time with the different kinds of silences and what do they mean and what does it mean about our relationship with ourselves and the therapist. And um, as you, you spoke to earlier, Stephanie, you talk about therapy. We, we can talk about, like, we can ask our therapist, like, why are you silent and um, what does this mean? Does it mean something wrong? Does it mean something right? What does it mean? Yeah. And again, one of the special gifts of therapy is that that's another thing that would be socially awkward that we don't normally do is stop a conversation and go, you were silent there for a moment. What did that mean? You know, a therapist is a perfect person because they're kind of expecting that they know how to answer and work with questions about the actual relationship or the dynamic that's unfolding in the moment. Whereas most of us outside of therapy would be completely thrown off with that kind of question or, you know, why? when you're looking at me like that, what, what does it mean? Like, what are you thinking? Like, that's a, a kind of intimate question, you know, so you can kind of maybe ask that to a partner. <laughs> but you know, if you're just hanging out with a group of people, like, I noticed you got quiet there. What were you thinking? Like, everyone's gonna look at you like, this is getting weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's the great thing is that things that feel weird in so many other situations are absolutely normal and work very well in therapy. So, you know, I think one of the biggest pieces of advice we're always giving people is say those things to your therapist. Experiment with saying weird, awkward things to your therapist. You know, ask these weird questions that normally would land with a thud in most social situations. And you can go to some really interesting places with those. Yeah. And and that's a wonderful gift of therapy is that um, it can be like a playground, a test ground for, for being more intimate or being not yourself or, or being different in other ways. And you can check out how did that go? Was it completely terrible was it okay did we all get through an awkward thing and we learned something about ourselves and and you know one of the, the greatest ways therapy works is that people discover i can be a fuller version of myself in relationships i can be more spontaneous more authentic totally you know and, and something is gained from it and you know a lot of what keeps people from being more fully authentic as well, I can't say this, this would hurt someone's feelings, this would expose something that I should be ashamed of. But therapy is an opportunity to try and keep on trying and keep on trying and, and see for the most part they're kind of all okay. So, 
why is my therapist silent? Reddit, thank you for asking the question. Um, no podcast would be complete without me telling you what an amazing companion article Stephanie has written, which is found on opencounseling.com. Why is my therapist silent? Um, great article. Um, she goes into depth about why science is so awkward. Um, how is talking to a therapist different from talking to a friend? And it's great because she contrasts relating to a friend with how what the different function and the different goals of therapy. It's just really well put. Um, all the different ways that therapists use silence and for what reasons. And, and we were only able to discuss a few during the podcast, but you got to check out the list. And, um, and then a more detailed session about a section about what should I do when my therapist gets quiet. So please check it out on the website. Um, Stephanie and I really love putting these together because we just want to educate people about therapy. We want them to be as successful as possible. When we see people write things on Reddit, we think, oh, what a pity that, that um, people have to go to, to these different locations to find the answer, and we try to provide them with the most complete, accurate, down-to-earth answers that are really helpful. So I hope you take the time to read that. Um, Thanks, Mark. You got it. And so with that, um, thank you to our listeners. I hope this has been helpful, and we'll look forward to speaking to you next week.